the hardest parts of life really can shape you into a beautiful, beautiful person that can empathize with others. Dylan, welcome to POVs. I'm so happy to have you here on the I'm couch. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for coming. Thank you. How you doing? How was your weekend? I'm doing wonderful. Um, had a good week. Very relaxing. I feel you. We're slaying. But we're going to continue to start. Yeah. The conversation's going to get a little heated. I'm so excited. We love it. I'm so ready. So we're going to start out at the top with a bit of a controversial question. Yes. So Dylan, do you think it's possible and or productive to generalize entire groups of people? I wouldn't say it's productive. I think it's become easy, which isn't a good thing ever. Um, to take the easiest route when it comes to having those difficult political conversations. And I think that's something that I've had to learn being in a family that is on one side very progressive and one side very conservative. It's become kind of a scapegoat for me when I'm having those conversations with my family and we have a difference of opinion. Those difficult conversations are so important that's how we're gonna be able to break out of this severe divide that we have in this country that's just growing worse and worse and worse by the day. Well, yeah. I personally agree with you. That's yeah. why we started this platform. So it's great to hear that those conversations are something that you value. Oh yeah, absolutely. And at the same time, it seems like a lot of your viewpoint on the world mm -hmm. stems from your upbringing. It yeah. sounds like you have, even within your own echo chamber, family members or even friends on different sides yep. politically. Yep. How has that impacted your viewpoint today? How did you start discovering what you actually believe in? My dad is very Christian. He's the one I always get into arguments with when it comes to different human rights topics, including when, you know, George Floyd was killed in 2020. He kicked me out of the house after we had a very, very aggressive conversation about um, Trump and his presidency. It's allowed me to really open my eyes and see where other people are coming from. And I kind of just have to take a step back, take a deep breath and understand this is something that he was taught ever since he was young. That's why he believes what he believes. I'm sorry that happened. Oh no, it's fine. It, it seems like forever ago, but at the same time, I think conversations, regardless of when we're having them, mm -hmm. can always be difficult. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like you were able to navigate. You were able to take a deep breath, figure out where to go from Absolutely. there. But in that moment, how did you have that conversation? It wasn't really a conversation. It was more of a fight. And it was just one morning we got in a fight at like 7 o'clock in the morning when quarantine had already been underway. And I went to go make coffee and we got in a fight about the coffee machine. I was out of the house and I, I started living with my grandma in her office. How would you say that your family has really influenced your own view on the world? My family is like the most important part of my life. My, my mom specifically, I think, is one of the most beautiful people in the world, I mean, to me, of course, everyone everyone would say that their own mother is, is amazing. She's changed my viewpoint on the world and on my life. And I also remember in 2020, we had gotten in an argument again about like gun control and we were both listening to each other's point of views and, and opinions. And that was a civil conversation. And I also know that from her upbringing, um, kind of being neglected by her parents a little bit. She's also a recovering addict, so wow. having that perspective on like her literally fighting for her life has also like really it, she's she's an inspiration to me. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, we all have pieces of ourselves that come from these past experiences. Yes. And it sounds like for you, a lot of that comes from your family. Yeah. And when it comes to these difficult, divisive issues, mm -hmm. where do you draw the line? Do you feel like you're able to still be close with people in your own life who have those differences of opinion? I can confidently say no, mm -hmm. because... I no longer speak to my dad's parents back in 2020 before I had gotten kicked out. I think that was the last time I ever saw them because I was like, I can't, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not putting myself through this because I would leave and I would cry the rest of the day. They've always been very negative towards my mom and towards her Judaism um, and thus towards my Judaism. So we've gotten in a lot of arguments about me being Jewish. They were you know, asking me what it was that I wanted to do. And I told them I was majoring in pol uh, political science. And they were like, what are you, you going to do with that? Like, how is that supposed to help the world? You should be a lawyer. You'll make a lot of money being a lawyer. I'm like, I don't want to be a... Well, I don't want to be a lawyer. That's not what I see myself do. I, there are so many issues in the world that need, like, seeing and saving and attention. So it seems like with your family, you have drawn a line when it comes to pieces of your identity. Yes that may even feel like they're on the table yeah. for debate. And that's that's tricky and yeah. touchy. Yeah. When it comes to people outside of your family, where do you draw that line in terms of when you can be friends with someone and when you can't? It comes down to human rights specifically. That was the line that I drew with my grandparents. But then when it comes to, you know, kids that I went to school with, I went to, a, I've lived in a very progressive neighborhood. So I've never really had to have those really difficult conversations, but in the case that I have, like talking about women wearing makeup, oh, it's for male validation. That's something I can have a civil conversation about. But if we're getting into human rights issues and you're not going to support a woman's right to choose, that's kind of where I draw the line. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. Human rights is definitely something that we always support here at The Conversationalist. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people view human rights one way. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that I think have a different oh, definition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So for you, what do you and what do you not consider a human right? I think human rights is a part of almost every political topic nowadays. Mm -hmm. So it's just like how you want to navigate that. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to it. I want to double tap on what you brought up with Trump. Mm -hmm. I remember watching an, an interview that you did that I loved listening oh, yeah. to that when it comes to people who supported Trump's presidency, mm -hmm. that is a clear line for you of people that you cannot yeah. be friends with. Yeah. How do you differentiate between generalizing yeah. an entire group of people yeah versus kind of taking people as they are in their own beliefs. Yeah. How do you reconcile the two? I honestly, I think I still will stick with people that openly support Trump's policies. I can't really, I'm not going to get along with you because at the end of the day, I know that you're openly supporting human rights violations and, and discrimination against minorities. Where I draw the line is People that are willing to have, again, civil conversations where we can actually have a, a good talk about why it is you believe what you believe and why I believe what I believe. But if you're just going to keep your mouth shut and tell me that I'm a stupid libtard or whatever it may be, I'm not going to 
put my energy into that and I don't really see a friendship. That's just straight up not productive. Yeah, right? exactly. Calling people names or making those generalizations, yeah. they're never going to get us back yeah. together. And you brought up a little bit ago how a big piece of your identity is being Jewish. Yes. I am Jewish too. Oh my goodness. But I've never considered being Jewish to be controversial. Can you share more about what yeah, you Yeah, actually, yes. Thank you. Um, I think the whole conversation of me getting bat mitzvahed specifically was a huge topic in my father's household. Huh. I wasn't allowed to get bat mitzvahed. Why? He didn't want me to. He didn't let me because he's Christian. And I remember the day that I told him, I would think I was 13, his immediate reaction was, I don't know if you're trying to get back at me for what your mom is doing to you, but I don't understand why you made this decision. Um, I think he's okay with it now. Um, thankfully, I think he's also really opened his eyes to where I'm coming from and, and my own identity as a Jewish woman um, in this country. Thinking back to those moments where you were being questioned or even belittled for your own identity or your voice yeah. to where you are now, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? I wouldn't say opinions, but other people trying to force their opinions and beliefs onto me. I can't really dig too deep into that and really let that resonate with me for so long because that was one of the most difficult things I had to navigate when I was starting to gain a platform. And I know who I am and I know who I wanna be. So I just have to stick with my own beliefs and, and my own dreams and aspirations and goals and, and know that one of these days I'll get there. So, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And how did you know you wanted to get started in this? I think there's so many people out there who are afraid to press post or afraid to start speaking yeah. up about what they believe in. Yeah. Where did this start for you and what gave you the courage yeah. to put yourself out there? I honestly, I don't know. I think when I was in high school, it was just like, sure, TikTok. And then it became a way for me to like, just like make stupid stuff and then just post it and see what happens. And actually I was a Harry Styles fan account before I, I grew this platform. <laughs> it amazing. was the same account, but it was all like, Harry Styles, um, like fan cams kind of, which is like so cringe, but that's just who I am. No, I love it. And I have to accept it. And so I it was love born that part of out of your love it for Harry Styles. It literally was, it okay, was great. because my first viral video was, <laughs> was an edit of him, of all these like different pictures of him, like from when he was a baby to like now, which <laughs> is like so, like so like directioner, but like it is who I, that's who I am. Once I started like actually gaining followers, like very slowly, I was like, this is fun. So then I just started doing what I liked. And then, you know, the whole Morton King Julian thing was born and that's where I, my following kind of skyrocketed. And was there a moment that you remember when you started posting about a very difficult issue? Oh yeah. What was, was the first issue you posted about? The election, because I had joined Gen Z for change. But before that, um, I wanna say maybe May-ish or June-ish of 2020, I had started posting a lot of political content and I started getting a lot of death threats from people in wow. my DMs and like my comment section. I, I will say one thing I really did like doing was making parodies, you know, potential like hypothetical conversations that might happen in the White House or between different executives in this country that are on the right or the left, I think a lot of people got really upset with those mm. because they were just joking around and they took offense to it. So. Yeah. I think those were the most difficult videos I ever had to post. Yeah, taking a point of view is tough. It's really scary. Especially in a very public way. Oh yeah. How has 
being in the public spotlight, sharing about these issues affected your own mental health? I will say very negatively, I'm so grateful because I wouldn't be living in New York. I wouldn't have been able to leave my house had I not had the platform I have. So like, I am so thankful to each and every single person that likes my video or comments or follows me or whatever it may be. My mental health really took, it, it, it took a toll because I was posting things for views. I was getting a lot of negative comments back then. I just don't read my comments that much anymore, which makes me so sad because I know a lot of people ask me questions or say something so nice and it's just like, it makes my day, but I can't put my mental health on the line anymore. Even though it was probably really tough going through what you had to go through yeah. in order to come out on the other side. Yeah. But I will say, Dylan, something I admire so much about you is your ability to be completely vulnerable in front of your audience Thank and your you. community. Yes, I've seen a bunch of crying videos on your page, <laughs> yeah. yes. but I think in a way you're normalizing for so many people how important it is to be honest about what oh, you're yeah. struggling with. Yeah. So for someone out there who is struggling and doesn't really know how to pull themselves out mm -hmm. of one of those dark moments, mm -hmm. what advice would you have? If you need to cry, cry. I honestly think that the best feeling for me is crying. Like I love, that sounds so weird. Like I'm romanticizing my sadness, but I really do love a good cry. And there's nothing wrong with being stuck in your bed. You, you don't have any drive to do your work, that's fine. Take a moment and put your mental health first. Do the things that you love to do, watch movies. My favorite thing that I like to tell myself is, pain is temporary. It, that like, I think that's gotten me through a lot of what I've had to deal with like ever since I was little, the hardest parts of life really can shape you into a beautiful, beautiful person that can empathize with others. And I think empathy is like the most important thing in this world. It's everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank that reminder, you. Dylan. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you. So now I want to take us into my favorite part here on POVs. Yes. We're going to start sending you some texts. So okay. keep an eye on your phone. Okay. And we're going to introduce some POVs from the larger Gen Z community. Okay. And you're going to read them out loud and react. Okay. You ready? Yes. Let's do it. If someone can't be friends with someone who thinks differently, they're immature. I think... I think it depends. If you're gonna get upset with me and think that I'm immature because I don't wanna be friends with you because you don't think that I should be able to get an abortion in the case that I'm sexually assaulted, I think we're good. Mm. I think I don't wanna be friends with you. I don't think that makes me immature. In that scenario, mm -hmm. what would you say to that person who maybe has that difference of opinion? What would you want them to know? Ask first. I know that this is a very touchy subject, but do you, personally know anyone that's been affected by this. Go out of your way and, and try to see from their point of view. Most people aren't necessarily aware of someone's personal experience, Absolutely. right? And I think conversations like this at least bring us closer yes. to someone's yes. real yes. story and human experiences that you may not have access yeah. to in your echo chamber. I absolutely agree. How do you balance school and personal life? Send help. <laughs> I'm the last person to answer this question. This one was for you. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm so bad because I procrastinate so much. Maybe play a show in the background while you're doing your schoolwork. And um, I don't think that's helpful, but that's what I do. And then I never end up getting any of my work done. I love the honesty. <laughs> I'm a procrastinator too, so I, it's I got you. <laughs> Would you encourage this person to also procrastinate? Um, I think that sometimes procrastination blossoms into a 
very aggressive drive to get your work done as quickly as possible, which is not a bad thing. It's okay to be a little bit sloppy. Who doesn't love a little, a little bit of a crunch? Yeah, time? it's fine. Nice. Totally okay. And pressure sometimes helps you get your work done. For sure. So. And I also love that you said that you spend a lot of time with yourself. Yeah. I love alone time. Wouldn't yes. trade it for the world. Yes. So I love what you said about, you know, taking those breaks and just having time yeah. for yourself. I love it. Mm. College is so unaffordable. We should all just drop out. What's the point? I agree. Mm. Tell I agree. me more. I think an education is really important. But like if you're funding yourself and you have no means of paying for anything else because you put it all into college, I think that's so stupid. I know that there's like community college, which is great. And I absolutely support, like even myself, I should, I should go to community college. I've seen a lot of people come out of college with degrees and they don't know where they're going with their degree because there's really no jobs for them anymore that are like available. You started out with school on the West Coast. You came here to New York for mm -hmm. the new school. Where are you at in your own educational journey? I don't even know. Cause I, I hated UCSB so much. It was too much of a college town for me, even though it was all online. Once I transferred to the new school and I actually had courses that I loved and professors that really cared about what they were teaching. I didn't want to drop out. I just can't afford it. So I'm literally in this person's boat. Like I, I cannot afford going to college anymore. So I do have to drop out and maybe one day I can go back. That's tough. It's okay. It's going to be a part of your journey. And yes. I think if anything, Gen Z is showing that different educational and career paths yes, are possible. Absolutely. So I can't wait to see what's mm. next for you. People need to stop making politics their personality. Okay. I disagree. I think it's so, so, so important to be politically educated and knowing what you believe in, having conversations with your friends, family members, and strangers about politics to educate one another and again, see each other's point of views. I don't really think there is such a thing as making politics your personality. I think it's just a, a topic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously there's politicians. That's their whole career. But if we're talking about like, anyone in the world, for example, like Gen Z people, like Gen Z for change. I don't think the organization, the people that are a part of the organization itself have made politics their personality. I would say they that we care so much to put so much of our time into politics and understanding what's going on in the world and how we can change things and how we can make things better. It's just caring. Yes, exactly. I hear you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. That. Would you say being political or politically active mm -hmm. is a big part of your identity? Oh yeah. Like it breaks my heart because once I started at the new school, I had no time left to be able to actually be a part of Gen Z for change and like go to meetings and whatnot. And even before that, when I had moved here, um, I started working on a, a TV show as like a PA um, and I had, I was working 12 hour days. Wow. When I moved here, I didn't have as much time to be able to be a part of the organization, but I finally have my life back. So I can go back and give more time to what I really, really love as a political science major. Like if I'm not going to school and I'm not learning about politics, I may as well actually actively do something that can help change the world, so. Totally. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you are spending so much of your time devoting yourself to educating yourself about important issues, Thank being you. a political science major and doing everything you do on your platform. Yeah. Dylan, what was one thing you didn't anticipate about moving to NYC and what is one thing you do differently. I didn't think I would be so miserable in the cold mm. when I moved here. I 
never did anything during the winter because I hated being outside so much. So that took me by surprise. I think I would have bought more winter clothes earlier. This is all sure. about winter. <laughs> um, Nothing can prepare you for winter. No, in New York, really. So. Like I again, like it really took me by surprise how awful I am in the cold. Like I was bundled up, but once you bundle up so much and then you go into the subway, it's like you get so hot yeah. and then you leave again and then you're so cold. It's like, there's no in between. Like there's you really can't not. navigate that. So it's your awful. advice for this person is prepare. Prepare winter for is the coming. cold, <laughs> prepare for the winter. Exactly, winter is coming. We love a little snow sprinkle. Yeah, when it's, it's okay. cute. Yeah, exactly. Until it gets to the point where it's super it's sludgy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no one loves it. Yeah, I appreciate that advice. Yeah, I really loved hearing more about how you've formed your POV on the world, whether it be influenced by your family, your jump from the West Coast to the East Coast, coming to where you are now with your ginormous platform and speaking up about what you believe in. If you had a megaphone right now that would reach all of Gen Z, mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Care about what's going on in the world. Put in the effort to educate yourself. I think education is one of the most beautiful things about humans, like where we are today. Read a good book. It doesn't even matter if it's not about politics or history. Read a good book. Get someone else's perspective, but care. Caring is what makes the world go round. So, so care, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I remember growing up feeling like if I cared too much, it was uncool. Yes. But I think something that our generation is doing to rewrite that narrative mm -hmm. is that it's actually the, the thing that's in, right? Absolutely. Read up, educate yourself, yes. and take a walk in someone else's yes. shoes. And I feel like I learned that from you today. So Dylan, thank you so much for coming on POVs. Thank you so much for having I'm me. I'm such a fan of what you do. Oh, thank you. And I can't wait for more conversations oh, like this. I'm so excited. Thank you awesome. so much. Bring it in. <laughs> You're prepared for days like this, yes. just not winter. Yeah, no. But how'd you feel? That was fun. You're great at this. You're you're a natural. Oh, thanks. You're such a conversationalist. Oh, thanks. But you do this all the time. I mean, in your phones. So. Yeah, yeah, to myself.